June 1, the first day of, of winter. winter. <laughs> and how, how good would a hug from Bob be? It's 11 you're, degrees. I oh, know, you're the big hugger in the group, Bob, but I, it is the subtle differences in our behaviour which uh, we don't notice creeping up on us. I know that my um, great-nephew, Action Jackson, played a game of AFL on the weekend and at the end the two teams line up and where they would ordinarily shake hands or high-five or do that funny one-handed shake hand and hug to the yeah. football yes, players. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they elbowed past each other. And I saw that uh, overseas on the television over the weekend. A lot of international politicians are still doing the elbow bump. Oh, the yep, elbow yep. just looks weird. It just does weird. I ran into some friends yesterday that I haven't seen for a while out walking. I was on my push bike. They were out walking and uh, had a brand new baby born on the 5th of March. Absolutely beautiful. John and uh, Kim, and naturally as a male, I've always been a fairly tactile person, haven't I, Robin? Yes, you have. I've always been a bit of a hugger. That's what HR say. I I gave John a handshake. I gave him a handshake. I said, g'day, how you doing? Haven't seen you for ages. Got a brand new baby. Congratulations. Hi, Kim. And I, I stayed away from his wife. I didn't. I didn't did she, hug what her did like she, I. What did she do? She didn't offer to come forward. No, no. I just think it's one of those things that's gone by the wayside mostly in the yeah. past eighteen months since the COVID pandemic. Is that we just don't do the hugging thing anymore. And of course, in many places, particularly in Victoria at the moment, you've got masks. You've got one point five metre social distancing. What was with the Prime Ministers of Australia and New Zealand doing the hongi yesterday? Well, I guess they're... Rubbing um, the noses. Yeah, they're proving that we're in a bubble, but that still doesn't take care of the 1.5 metres. Exactly. I've got a big nose. It's still not that far away. Um, but <laughs> she It was funny. Jacinta Ardern looked really comfortable and Scott Morrison looked really didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, what am I doing? Is this over? So with your hugging, do you think that was just the ordinary distance? Was it... You're a mum with a baby and the baby's yes. at risk. What do you think yes. is talking yeah, 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 yeah. Who knows yeah. what's going on here? Don't touch. Stay yeah, away. Yeah. Keep your distance. I know that's the one thing we missed in our family during the COVID lockdown was not being able, especially when we weren't allowed to visit relatives, not being able to hung your, hug your mother and your father and yeah. your, your sons and daughters-in-law and stuff like that. Wow, but what are you doing with your arms, Matt? Are you doing some weights to keep them in, <laughs> in form for when keep that day comes shape, again? You know? See, now there's that really weird thing. It used to just be, do you hug, do you not hug? Because is that appropriate or not? not? Now it's, is it appropriate and will I contaminate you? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful, warm sort of feeling yeah. to say. It's Robin, Terry and Bob on 97.3. Do you know Hugh Hefner died in 2017? Happily. Well, yes, he was a very happy man. But um, there's been released some uh, information we didn't know about him, which I felt just absolutely that I had to share with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, for those that don't know, Hugh Hefner was the owner and creator of Playboy magazine. He lived in the Playboy mansion, surrounded by Playboy girls, bunnies. They released some educational magazines uh, (laughs) for young men around the world. Not for the pictures, but for the articles. Excellent articles. None of them springs to mind. Mm Okay, so number 10. He was actually a genius. Yeah, I do. But he was a really poor student. He had the uh, the academic ability of Einstein, right. but did not have the ability to uh, stay focused. And he was told at school, we'll never make anything of his Pretty life. Much. Unless he concentrates. But he was so clever. He actually finished a psychology degree at the University of Illinois in two and a half years instead of four. Wow. I know, right? I think that that's because he had places to be. Um, he, <laughs> he so believed in the concept of Playboy that he was forced to mortgage some of his furniture to raise funds uh-huh. and eventually his mother felt sorry for him and so it gave him an additional eight grand which got the project off the ground. My mum yeah. set me up in Playboy. You bet. Wow. Uh, he offered priests and church officials a discount on Playboy. <laughs> Why? 
Well, as you were just saying, Terry Hansen, mm. it was all about the articles. All about the articles, yes. He wanted to encourage an intellectual debate on morals. Did he now? And he thought that the best way to do that was to offer Playboy subscription rates for priests and church officials. I don't remember that section in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> um, he served in the U.S. Army during World War II. Uh-huh. But and what he did was he didn't actually carry a gun and shoot at people. Yeah, right. He was a cartoonist. <laughs> they yeah. had cartoonists yes. in the army? Yes. Okay. Um, he was an infantry, uh, yeah, infantry clerk and he made cartoons for military publications to keep morale up. You won't believe what Hugh's just drawn. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, Hefner held two Guinness World Records. Oh, go on. They were four. Mm. You're going to be really disappointed in one of them. Okay. Uh, the most extensive collection of personal scrapbooks. Um, probably impressive scrapbooks. <laughs> <laughs> he began the hobby in 1943 with cartoons he drew of himself oh, and his yeah. high school classmates uh-huh. and continued the pastime throughout his whole life. His routine was that every Saturday morning he went scrapbooking. Did he now? <laughs> <laughs> what a chap. And the second one is probably not that surprising. He held the second record was for the longest tenure as editor in chief of a magazine. Yes. Number three. Okay. The Playboy Mansion was sold in 2016. It's one of the few mansions in Hollywood that actually has a zoo. Mm-hmm. And it was also the only residence, the only one in the whole of Los Angeles that had a fireworks license for its annual 4th of July party. A fireworks license. No one is quite sure who he paid off and how no, no, to no. get that. But that, went, that that house went off every day of the year. It really <laughs> did. Number two, Hefner owned. How many pairs of pyjamas? Come oh, on. 365. Less. Uh, 360. Uh, okay, well, 300. No, yeah, and 200 pairs of pyjamas. Oh, the poor guy, how he struggled. He did, uh, <laughs> he did have this idea that he'd have a pair, a new pair for every day of the year. Mm-hmm. But apparently he only liked a certain uh, label and they only had a certain infinite number of pyjamas. Righty-ho. So, yeah, he considered them the most comfortable thing to wear. No underwear he, deal with bonds? Well, he, no. we, we actually don't know that. Oh, oh. But we're presuming not. Oh, and the number one thing about Hugh Hefner, he always used to say that he would, go, he has been and was at every single party in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And that was true. Mm-hmm. Do you know how he did it? He invited four of his girls. No. <laughs> he created and he was the first one to do it. And yeah. The Bachelor has a lot to thank for Hugh Hefner. He created cardboard cutouts of himself and would send a Playboy bunny <laughs> with a cardboard cutout. He was here, sort of. Yeah, kind of. And they'd take photos and the cardboard cutouts were so good yes. that no one realised it wasn't actually him. <laughs> And that's how he did it. That's hot, that's hot, that's hot. <laughs> it's Robin, Terry and Bob on Brisbane's 97.3. Okay, there was a really cool story right out of the Gold Coast last night. If you didn't see it, it's about a Marama dog. Now, if you don't know what a Marama is. They're big and fluffy and they're white. They're big and fluffy and kind of whitey yeah. blonde colour. And that was the dog that was featured in that Australian movie with Shane Jacobson called Oddball about a dog that saved penguins. This is the third time the dog's been in trouble. Oddball stays confined to your farm. Oddball's dangerous. There must be some way to scare off the foxes. 
Well, I'll be blowed. I think if we put Oddball on that island, he'll protect the penguins. Don't you think taking him to the island is pretty risky? You want the biscuit, you've got to risk it. <laughs> There's a T-shirt right there. And they did, and the Marama saved the penguins. Yes. It's a lovely story if you haven't seen this movie, but there is mm. a lovely story, as I said, coming out of the Gold Coast about a Marama mm-hmm. called Xena. Now, she went missing out of a thunderstorm, and what was interesting about this dog is that just the week before she went missing, she'd been relocated. Okay. A Away from her family mm-hmm. with her sister yep. because the family were doing other things on their farm. The thunderstorm happened and she took off and she was gone for six months. No one can be sure where she went. We just think she survived in the bush, maybe eating lizards. Anyway, she came back still with her harness on, even tangled up in her legs, but she managed Mm. to find, go back to her original property. And as I said, half the size because she obviously lost a lot of weight. But super smart. Super smart, super smart. And yet she is not in the top 15 um, list of smart dogs. Well, were the rest of them still out there somewhere? No, (laughs) the reason being, and it would would have been the reason that saved her life, is that they are considered a too strong-willed dog. Oh, okay. Therefore, they're running away. Therefore, that's not the smartness thing we're looking for. No. So when it comes to the the top 15 dogs, it's things like I can give you the top five, which are not that surprising. Yep. So number five is a Doberman. All right. Fast, agile, strong, great uh, feature is their intelligence. Mm-hmm. which enables them to do a variety of commands. Yes. Number four, the Golden Retriever. Okay. Uh, affable, people-pleasing, but also super smart and yeah. can be excellent choice for uh, service and therapy dogs. Right. Uh, the German Shepherd, loyal, e- eager to please, and yeah. an excellent guard dog used by the military. Okay. Uh, the Poodle. I know. Yeah, I had heard they're smart. <laughs> they can speak French for starters. <laughs> High degree of intelligence, but the standard is the best equipped to utilise their smarts. Do not be deceived by their curls. Okay. <laughs> Can I give a shout-out to my dog, Mia, in her heyday? And she represents about 15 different breeds as far as that goes. When she used to jump over the fence all the time, uh, she actually used it one day three yards across. You can see three yards across from us. There's an old lady called Shirley down there. Yeah. And there's a guy wearing high-vis gear who clearly wasn't up to anything more than casing the house. Mia sees that, goes and jumps in the fence, over the fence in the other direction, down a driveway, goes down the footpath, three houses, goes up into the yard, chases a bloke off. Wow. Then Mia being Mia, doesn't stick around for a pat, just goes back up the road, up the driveway, jumps back in the other side again. That's a smart dog. Well, if she's a cattle dog, she's number 10. Yeah. But the smartest dog, according to the research of all breeds, is the Border Collie. Yeah. Because it's got all of those things I just said in one dog. And as I said, the Marama, pretty good, very smart, but not good enough to be trained and that's what kept that dog alive. And that's what I said, Border Collie, cross Staffy, cross... 18 Pitu, to 7 at 97. Cross, Doberman, <laughs> cross Labrador. 23 cross degrees. <laughs> The top five North Queensland adjustments to state of origin when it's in Townsville. Number five, the stadium is surrounded by a 15-hour event parking to allow for caravans, <laughs> camper trailers from Camerwheel to Cooktown. They are all coming. That would be so cool if that was true. It's going to happen. Number four, as there is no Caxton Street, Maroons fans will be rocking the Blues plane as it taxis down the Townsville tarmac. <laughs> enough is enough. I have had it with these 
Queenslanders. <laughs> Number three, just for laughs, let's put one of those long-tailed cane toads in their hotel pool. Oh. <laughs> crikey. He's a big bloke. Once you hit 12 foot, you hit big bloke status. Boy, yeah, crikey, yeah. mate. Absolutely cane toads, mate. Number two, the king is dead. All pre-game photos will be taken with this guy's statue. <laughs> Thurston to choose from with two. He hits it. He's got it. He's got the field goal. He's got the premiership. Yes, indeed. I miss him. And the number one North Queensland adjustment to state of origin when it's in Townsville, when the Maroons have their backs to the wall, there'll be a slightly different chant from the crowd. And they would have every right to, too. This is the first time it's been held in a regional centre. And people just come to the Cowboys games from Mount Isa, from Claremont, from everywhere. Go Townsville! Go Queensland! It's Robin, Terry and Bob on Brisbane's 97.3. Entries are rolling in, but there is still room for you. If you want to be a part of the band that Brisbane built, go to 97.3fm.com.au, load up a link or a video of your playing, and tell us about your passion for music. Robin, Terry and Bob's band that Brisbane built. 12-year-old drummer Gianni from Chandler loves to get up on stage with his uncle's band. Being in the band that Brisbane built would build up his confidence. Despite being a national drumming champ at age 10, 14-year-old Deep from Forest Lake reckons his melodious harmonica can contribute towards diversity in the band. And 17-year-old Tyler from Redland Bay has been singing since she was 10 and really knows a way around a Whitney tune. They are unbelievable. Please keep your entrance coming in, 973fm.com.au. If you are 18 years or under and can play an instrument or have an amazing voice. Now, the other thing is there is the capacity in your entry to give us a bit of a story about you. And we're really loving these stories because we've got one right now. Shane of Shayla Park. Hello, Shane. Hello. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? Good. How old are you, buddy? 16 years old. And where do you turning go? Almost 16 years okay. old. Okay. Yes. You always go up. And um, <laughs> yeah. what school do you go to? Uh, Shaler Park State High School. Good school. Good school, mate. Is that where you got into music? Yeah. Uh, no, actually. Oh, where'd you get into music? Just music around the world. Oh, really? So your parents aren't yeah. musicians? You're not... Uh, um, yes, yes, they are. Most of them are. Most of them? How many have you got? Yeah. <laughs> I have got. There is none of us, including me. Okay. So, Shane, we were looking at all the entries that are just streaming in at 973fm.com.au, and we see yep. that you are kind of special because you are playing your music in a wheelchair. What, wheelchair, yes. What happened? So, about six weeks ago, I was in a motorbike accident, and I ended up getting 11 fractures in my fibula and tibia on my leg. Oh. And a fracture in my hand. Oh, buddy. Buddy, buddy. Yeah. So you've been you've been recuperating this whole time. Now, we've heard about the fractures in the leg, but if you've got a fracture in your hand, how do you play like this? 
is, is it the picking hand or is it the fret hand? Which one's been damaged? Uh, the picking hand. Wow. So how are you going? Yeah. That's amazing, Shane. You're really good. Thank you. You guys are real cool. You guys do. <laughs> make everyone's morning happy. <laughs> no, no, suck it up, mate. It's probably working. You are too cute. So are you having problems playing with your busted hand? Uh, no, actually. Uh, my therapy was the guitar and it helped my hand. It fixed it and I'm back to playing again now. And when are you back to standing? Um, I'm hoping four months. Wow. Another four months. Yeah. Well, Shane, thank you so much for entering. You are definitely, as you can see, we've heard you. We think you're amazing. So keep listening, okay? Yep. And, mate, if you get in the band, we'll arrange a roadie to wheel you around the stage, okay? <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Good on you, buddy. See you, bud. What Bye-bye. a talent. Hi, oh, what an amazing kid. Okay, so please, we want these entries. We need videos showing us of you doing your amazing stuff. 973fm.com.au. And don't forget to tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll build this prison. We'll build this prison on rock and roll. It's Rob and Terry and Bob on 97.3. This is just disgraceful behaviour. I don't think this happens anywhere else in the world but the UK. The Globe newspaper have printed a new article mm-hmm. where they have splashed across the front pages about Prince Harry and they've said... Apparently, in inverted commas, Prince Charles and Prince William feel the same way. They're convinced he's still unhinged over his mother's death Mm -hmm. and wartime experience. They believe he's suffering from PTSD and are desperate to put him in a mental health facility where he can get treatment. I'm I'm sure that's correct because, you know, the royals are very easy about just chatting about their lives, opening the public here and there. imagine actually, like if we're standing here talking about mental health around the world, he's Mm. doing a documentary with Oprah about mental health. Around the world. And they feel they have a right to print that. Like I, I just, regardless of what his situation is, yeah. bugger off. Meanwhile in America, TMZ are looking at Fleet Street going, wow, those guys are full on, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> and that's saying something. Now, if you're a fan of Tarzan, the epic adventures in the 90s, I may have watched an episode or two, um, the fellow who played Tarzan, Joe Lara, has died in a plane crash. Oh. Really sad. He was with his wife and five other people. Now, she's also famous because she created a church called the Remnant Fellowship Church Whoa. and became famous in 1999 for writing faith-based weight loss books. Okay. I didn't know that was a thing. Just, oh, God, why can't I be thin? <laughs> I've said that myself. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth and his family are packing up and coming home. Thor, Love and Thunder has wrapped in Sydney, so I guess it means that everyone's heading back to where they want to be, Yeah. Uh, which means Natalie Portman may well be leaving Sydney uh-huh. and also Christian Bale. But anyway, uh, he's got on a private jet and he's coming back to Byron, oh, watch, so lots of celebs spotting. Watch out, careful what happened to Tarzan. Um, <laughs> do they all just hang out back at the Hemsworth, you think, before they go home? Yeah. Oh, I reckon they should. Yeah, dressed in Even white linen they, yeah. at Byron Bay. <laughs> doing their thing. Uh, Simon Cowell has upset the Israelis. I wouldn't be doing that at the moment if I were you, Simon. Mm. Um, they were putting on X Factor Israel as a way of trying to just reunite people. Yeah. And Simon says, well, I'm not going to be the judge because it's too scary over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is his franchise. He possibly has the right. Yeah, I reckon so. But apparently the Israeli government is not happy with him. And Russell Crowe has announced that he will be hosting a memorial service for his late father. John Alexander Crowe this Saturday. He'll be doing it at his home at Nana Glen. I didn't know this, but his dad died on a flight Whoa. from Sydney to Coffs Harbour in March. I knew he died, 
but I didn't realise it was in transit. So, yeah, Russell said he's going to really honour his dad. It's been a bad on my radar for private planes, hasn't it, really? I mean, it really has. Yeah. Maybe I should stop. Yeah, no, you should. And I think just, Russell, I'd honour your dad. Don't sing. <laughs> it's Robin, Terry and Bob on Brisbane's 97.3. It's Robin, Terry and Bob's five words. Ten. Yeah, $10,000. Hello, Steve of Mango Hill. <laughs> G'day, Robin. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, Ten grand. What would you spend it on? Uh, I, I did say a holiday in somewhere warm. Yeah. So. Yeah, you, well, you should. Townsville. Townsville's warm. You get a footy game in as well. Early beach. Yeah, that might fit in. That'd be nice. Port Douglas. A win up there would be good. Yeah, would as well. Worth 10000 bucks. Yeah, and um, if you pick Terry and he wins for you, you better take him too. <laughs> Who do you want to play with? Yeah, Terry, I think. Oh, there you go. Wow, commitment that. now. <laughs> he is wearing a maroon shirt. Okay. All Terry right, Steve, we're sending Terry out of the studio into the soundproof booth. Robin's going to give you five words. You give it the first word that pops into your mind. When Tez returns, everyone you match will give you 50 bucks. And if you match all five, we'll make it $10,000. Let's do this, Steve. Your first word is fishing. Trip. Second word, puppy. Puppy? Yes, P-U-P-P-Y. Oh. Puppy dog. Third word, vegetable. Soup. Fourth word, shower. Shower cap. And your last word is super. Annuation. Okay, let's call him back. Fast game's a good game. I like your words too, by the way. Yeah, me too. Five words. I like Steve's words, Terry. Oh, I hope mine don't suck. Yeah, I was going to say, I may not like yours, but I like his. Okay, let's go. Word number one. Yes. Fishing. Trip. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was going, don't say rod, don't say rod, don't say rod. Off the coast, Marlon fishing off cans. Me and Steve, we're going all right. Okay. Word number two. Yes. Puppy. Dog. Yes. Okay, let's just stop down for a second because now we are just three words away from $10,000. Yeah, it's where I choke. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, 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 I'm good, I'm good. Bring it on home, bring it home. Come on. Okay. Word number three. Yes. Vegetable. Garden. Yeah, you choke. Oh, what's the, what did you say, Steve? Soup. Soup. That's a good thing. I often cook it as well. Very okay, good. it's okay. okay. We've got $100. There's still another 100 on the board. Yeah, okay. Word number four. Mm. Shower. Curtain. Or cap. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, he's really choking. Oh, he no. said it. <laughs> cap. And okay, if you don't get this one, oh, no. honestly. Oh, no. Word number five. Yes. For another 50 bucks for Steve. Okay. Super. Man. Oh, you. Uh, Annuation? Yes. Oh, well, well, my word was more exciting than yours, Steve. 100 bucks, Steve. Well done, Steve. Oh, fantastic. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Have you a good day. Somewhere warm, North Lake. North Lakes. We'll, <laughs> we'll oh. play again tomorrow morning, 7.35. Five words for 10 grand. What you're about to hear is achieved by one man, one mouth, and one microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, 
You've tuned in to Robin, Terry, and Bob. This is Tom, 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 Tom Thumb. <laughs> did you start out with your, your sounds or did you find yourself in the sounds working with bands? The first time I got in front of a crowd, I remember it was like at the Maruka Street Festival and we were doing a breakdance show. I used to be a b-boy as well. I think like the CD player didn't work and the MC was like, oh, does anyone know any jokes? And my mates were like, go and do your beatbox. And it was like the first time that I remember being on stage and getting a reaction from an audience. I was like, excellent. (laughs) And then everything just went out the window since then. How old were you? Oh, I guess I was like, yeah, 15 or 16. And up until then, where had you been doing your music and your beatboxing? In the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Like you just, you were, did you have a thing set up in your garage? Did you? No, no. I was just literally a kid making silly noises. And then that was the first time I went, oh, maybe these, maybe it's not silly noises. Um, No, I mean, there was definitely some weird noises emanating from the bathroom when I was a kid which I'm sure was very disturbing for my parents until they figured out that this is what I was going to do with my life. What's he doing in there? I don't know. <laughs> so, so, did you study music at all? Did you? No. So I can't, I can't read music or like I can play chords and things, but I would not be able to tell you what they are. So everything I've learned, I've learned from my ear. Like I can hear different harmonies and things and stuff. But if someone was like, oh, can you sing a H minor removed fourth dark chord for, I'd be like, no. Yeah, no, no idea. I don't want to break your heart, even though no, it only goes to G. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only more recently, though, that I've started to take heavier roles in like collaboration and ensembles and stuff like that, like being the rhythm section or being part of the melody. Before it was like, and now we got this kid, Tom Thumb, he's a beatboxer, let's get him up for five minutes and see what he can do. And then I'd like hack my way through a collaboration. I was, I was just more of a, look Novelty. at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. You'd be easy opposed. to tour. Yeah. You're easy to pack in a truck. <laughs> totally. <laughs> we are, have decided to put a band together of young kids because uh, lots of kids give up music and particularly from sort of going from primary school to high school. And you are quite possibly the coolest guy that I know that makes music. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So this band that we're hoping to put together is going to feature, you know, a singer, guitarist, keyboard, drums. I'm just wondering, do you know how to do the sound for each of those? Well, okay, drums, I guess it'd be like a... Wow. Um, a bass like a then what else we got guitar Le- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what else keyboard oh keyboard i i can do a lead synth like the Got a horn section, hooray! <laughs> bit rusty this morning. <laughs> you are amazing, Tom. I just love you. 
Thank you. No worries. Thank you. And to your band. Thank you. <laughs> no musical instruments were used or abused in the recording of this segment. That's pure Tom Thumb. You know, the <laughs> fabulous, ba- isn't it? The band that Brisbane built doesn't ha- currently have a beatboxer. Who's to say it couldn't have? No, exactly right. And if you want to see Tom doing all that stuff, it'll be up uh, later on this afternoon. And please, please, please keep the entries coming. 18 years and under, whatever instrument, including your voice that you play. 973fm.com.au. It's Robin Terry and Bob on Brisbane's 973. Okay, I am going to say if you want to make me feel better about this and you've had your own moment in the sun, mm-hmm. 32230973. Mm-hmm. On Sunday at Coles, two o'clock, the cashiers are all lined up. There yep. are like three people deep at mm-hmm. each one. And I am trying to pay for what is potentially just under a $500 grocery mm-hmm. shop. Oh, those boys can eat. Yeah. Plus, I'd said, oh, can I get 50 bucks cash as well? Yeah, let's go. Problem was that I tried one card, and when it declined, I actually got a bit freaked. And I have two cards that look exactly the same, and I'm thinking, have I got the wrong pin? Do Uh I do it? Anyway, three times. Three times the first card declined. People queuing up behind you? Yeah, people were queuing up behind. (laughs) And there was a lovely woman who I'd already established was a wonderful listener, and she was Mm -hmm. trying to be helpful, and the cashier was getting embarrassed. And then he's saying to me, I guess you don't want the cash then. (laughs) (laughs) So the woman behind me then yells out kind of to try and make me feel better because we'd already chatted and to make everyone else realise that I was going to be good for it. And (laughs) she's like, it's okay. She works on radio. She's going to have the cash. She's good for the money. I didn't. Well, I did actually, but it was just that I i don't know, man. It took me five goes on two cards. Yep. And when like when it finally went through, there was almost an audible cheer. Hey! <laughs> yeah. 32230973, when have you been humiliated in public? Oh, I, I, man. I'll help you a bit here. I was talking about my son yesterday. When he was little, I was time for dad to teach him how to pee. Yeah. You know, so we'd off together sometimes. Then I went to drop him off at daycare. I didn't hear the whole sentence as I dropped him off as he's been walked towards the toilets by one of the ladies. But I did hear him say, I only have a small penis, but my father. <laughs> I didn't go back to pick that kid up for three weeks. I bet you didn't. Uh, Tamara of Cressmead, have you had one of these humiliating incidences in public? What happened? Oh, my goodness. Good morning, team. My far out goodness. So <laughs> to, keep a, to keep a happy daughter who's too... Um, amused, not in the trolley, let her go pick up the products like noodles or chips or whatever. Yeah. She brings it back to the trolley. She pulls down her pants and she wheezes on both of the items. How, <laughs> how embarrassing. Why? 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 She trying to... I don't know. I think it was just one of those kind of moments that she needed to go instead of letting me know that she needed to go because uh, we were doing yeah. potty training at that time. She, she just thought, well, I'll just do it on the product. She, what the she, she, she peed on the peas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did you do with them? Because that's the other thing. You don't want to pick them up. You don't want to. Well, I know, but like you just leave them and go, hey, mess on aisle four. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nah, well, I actually, I had people around me looking at me going, "What? Are, yeah, what are you going to do? So yeah. I picked up the products as you do with oh. wet wipes, wiped it all over, uh. took it to the to the front desk said I'm happy to pay for them no. they said are you sure and I'm like yeah I'll pay for them it's okay so I paid for the product. Oh, well wow. done Tamara look wow. at you no. you own the space despite how embarrassing that's a self-service job as far as I'm concerned <laughs> back back at Bribey Island what happened what's the most humiliating thing that's happened in public well oh, I was out with my partner we were out shopping and he was looking at his electronics and so I went off and did what I needed to do and I've come back to find him. He was bent over looking at something 
So I've walked up and gave him the biggest smack on the rump I've ever given him with the accompanying sentence of, hey, how much to spend the night with your baby? <laughs> Only for this lady to stand up and look at me with the widest eyes I've ever seen. Oh. It was the most embarrassing. Oh. I don't know if she said anything because yeah. I literally ran while screaming out sorry. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But that's, that's, that's very open-minded and equal opportunity of you as well. <laughs> nice work, Meg. <laughs> Ella of Aspley, what, what's that humiliating thing? What happened? Oh, when Master 5, we were at um, Kmart paying for items. I pulled out my purse. The tampon fell out. Mm. Uh, I didn't realise, so I'm paying for the items. And he says to his best mate, do you want this? It's mint and I don't like mint, thinking it was chewing gum. No, 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 I know. The poor guy behind Kmart (laughs) counter, he was like 15 and he didn't know which way to look either. (laughs) What did you do, Ella? How did you get out of it? I turned around and I said, well, I might just take that back because I'm not sure if your mummy lets you have chewing gum. Oh, no. <laughs> Good answer. Well saved, oh, no. mate. Well saved. I, I can just hear the 15-year-old guy talking to her as well. <laughs>